All right, this is the music segment of the M4 podcast. We are ending off 2018 with our top albums of the year and maybe some other music stuff, like our favorite show or favorite new band or something. And then maybe if we have time, we'll talk about like what we're looking forward to next year. The year for music. I mean, every year, I feel like every year is a good year for music, but this year was really good. Let's just get into our... Uh, we're going to start off with our bottom... Six, four, so bottom four, bottom four, bottom five, bottom five. five. (laughs) Okay, bottom five, bottom five plus top five equals plus top five. Ten. One plus one is two. (laughs) We're gonna do maths. Look, we're just you're gonna figure out the format. I'm not. I don't have to say it to you. All right. Who wants to start with this? Go ahead. Mine's on my phone. I gotta. You might hear some clicking. How unprofessional. Um, I don't even I don't even have them memorized. Shame on me. <laughs> All right. So my number ten was Ghost Keys. See this through. Number nine, Era Neon. Number eight, Year of the Knife. First State Aggression. Number seven, The Black Queen. Infinite Games. And number six, Terrors. Total Retaliation. So it's a bit bit of everything. Uh, three of those are hardcore. One of them's um, metalcore prog metalcore and the other is never in a million years would i think to have a synthwave dream pop album in my top 10 but hey greg from dillinger will will win me over with this clean singing anytime um leon you want to go with your so yeah number 10 for me is daytona by pleasure t number nine is sonder by tesseract number eight is vacation in hell by flatfish zombies Number six is Windrunner's album May, or My, don't know how to say it. And then number five, no, that's not number five. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> the last out of these ones is uh, Vola's album Applause of a Different Crowd. Nice, nice. And what are those, like, all mostly metal? or? Yeah, it's a mix of all. I think each is kind of different. Vola's, like, Euro, it's, like, melodic. Genty. They, their first album was a bit heavier. This one's a lot more like explorative, if that's even a word. Mm-hmm. Um, Windrunner is like straight up metalcore, melodic metalcore. Flatfish Zombies is like New York uh, rap. They venture into some interesting stuff on this one. Like I wasn't too into their other project, but this one's like really. It's just like really. I don't know. They nailed their sound on this one. Tesseract is Tesseract, and then Pusha T's album was. The one produced entirely by Kanye West. Yeah. Oh. Landmark album. Started the whole Drake beef, and then uh, <laughs> he ended it himself with his own little snap. And uh, yeah. Did we have beef here in Toronto at the Danforth? Yeah. That was like that was like that was, like, that was, that was right? uh, like like col- not what's the world not collateral but like that was like spillover yeah, from, from this. Drake wow. fans listen to in my feelings and think they're hard as shit. <laughs> so like yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, one of your albums caused an actual fight in Toronto. Yeah. Definitely top ten worthy. Uh, Fawaz, what are your um, first couple albums on this list? All right. The bottom five. Bottom no, five. not the bottom five. These are... Uh, so, let's start off with number ten. Uh, Alice in Chains, Rainier Fog. Number nine, War on Women, Capture the Flag. Number eight, Unearth Extinctions. Number seven... Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. And number six, Leon Bridges, Good News. Mm, that's uh, a good mix. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I think 
that was when I when I did my like top ten list and I went back and looked, I was like, oh wow, I like having a mixed list. Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've certainly diversified my musical taste. So um, there's like a world of music that's out there for you to discover, uh, and there's so much on offer. So a little bit of everything. So House and Chains, of course, classic grunge group. So lately they've kind of had more of a kind of sludgier, kind of heavier sound, which is nice. This album's a little more melodic. Mm. So War on Women, for those of you who don't know, they're a hardcore punk band. Um, All-female band. I think, actually, wait, I think they're drummer... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, they have, like, one male one member. One male member, but yeah. pretty kick-ass. Uh, Capture the Flag, I think, is probably a little more well-rounded as an album. Mm-hmm. It's still got that kind of signature punk, hardcore punk sound, but it's a little more melodic. You can definitely see they're trying to, you know, trying to expand a little bit. You're hearing more leads, more kind of catchier songwriting, which is nice. Uh, Unearth, no explanation either. They're one of, uh, one of the four greatest massholes. I, I have that album on my, like, honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a good album. It's just, it didn't really, like, stick to me. It's different. It's really vicious. Like, yeah. See, that's that's kind of the reason why I had it on my list. I think it just it for the longest time, this has probably been the one Unearth album that stuck with me the most. Mm-hmm. And everything from how aggressive it is, to how heavy it is, to um, some of those chants are just ridiculously uh, catchy. Uh, but yeah, so that's Unearth Extinctions, Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. So interestingly enough, the first time I came across Janelle Monae was in an episode of Stargate. This Whoa. is way back. I, she, she, so basically, her she and her band are at a club performing where where some of the character stories taking place, and I didn't really think much of it. But like over the years, I've listened to a lot of her music, and she, she's kind of hard to put in a box because she does everything from like pop to R&B to funk to hip hop. Yeah. I mean, I've seen her live once, and she like describe her. She's an entertainer, just yeah. like you know Michael Jackson or Prince or something. Like she's an entertainer. And you mentioned Prince. I mean, there are a couple of songs uh, that just remind me of Prince. And um, yeah, I I think her artistry is just it, it is unique. Like she is not afraid to do anything or experiment with different styles or whatnot. So I had to put that on my list. And number six, I put Good News by Leon Bridges. Uh, I think the first album released was released was back in 2015. I love him. I love his music. Very soulful. Very something very sweet about the music it kind of reminds you of the kind of well with this album I think he tried to modernize the sound a little bit to make it a little more contemporary without losing out on some of the kind of more soulful elements of his previous album but still really well done great voice uh, great songs very catchy and that's pretty much my uh, my first six mm-hmm. that's good well so we got a we got a good eclectic mix for all of us um so we're gonna dive into the top fives now, and like we'll, we'll go on more in length on each album. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start. So my number five is uh, Turnstiles, Time and Space. To me, it's like it's got an old school hardcore like punk feel to it, like very punky but still like kind of hardcore. Yeah. Um, there's like bad. There's feels of like New York hardcore and Bad Brains and, and all these kind of like older sounds, but it's very modern. Like the production is so clean and modern. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, somebody mm. listened to this one too like 
do you feel that they changed their sound compared to the last album? I don't know if it's like sometimes I let like the art influence me. And I feel like the vision they have for like the album and like the album art like kind of like influence how I heard the music, and mm. I kind of feel like they, it's kind of like dreamier, like a little bit more melodic than the last album. Like, but just what do you think? Like, so I haven't heard their old stuff that much. Mm. I know a lot of people who listen to Turnstile prefer kind of their older stuff, <laughs> but I think what got me into it was. I think I, I, I found, well, first of all, Roadrunner picked them up, and Roadrunner is not, like, after Court Orange, um, Roadrunner is really focusing on kind of these newer hardcore bands. They also signed Angel Dust more recently, um, and Angel Dust and Turnstile are, like, you know, brother bands from Richmond, kind of spinning off of Chopped Under Ice, which is uh, one of my older, like, uh, you know, really good hardcore band that I like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's they're definitely you know like uh, Moon was the first video I watched or yeah. this, the first song I heard, and it's got this kind of like weird like almost sounds like Brent Brent from Macedon singing like right. at the beginning of the song, but it's like a very weird catchy hardcore song. So they have songs like Moon, they have songs like um, Don't Want to Be Blind, which is like more kind of like old school feel, uh, but then they have you know Real Thing, the first track, yeah. and, and all these other tracks. Which are like pretty much hardcore, so it's definitely a good mix. It's definitely a uh, weird mix, and like, yeah, I think it is more dreamy, more ambitious. Um, um, but it's like kind of like I like this this um, wave of hardcore where like a lot of bands are kind of like under the umbrella of hardcore, but they're so distinctly yeah, different. Where breaking balls, yeah, because like you know you think of hardcore these days, and I love bands that like like you know uh, Terror, they were you know right before this. Uh, I think I put. These guys over Terror, which is like Terror is like bad and was like this is a new band for Return Style, and it's just so much more exciting for me to hear like a newer band, yeah, uh, in hardcore kind of bring all these older elements but bring it back, uh, bring it to like a new level, and yeah, um, yeah, like I'm a fan, I should check out their old stuff and kind of compare, but yeah, um, yeah. and then so that's number five, Turn Time and Space, uh, number four is Harm's Ways Post Human. I don't know. This band is fucking heavy, man. Like, <laughs> I just saw them. We just saw them like two days ago, and and it was just insane. They've been in Toronto four times this year, but just like yeah, the album as a whole. Um, I was a fan of their last album, Rust, and it was kind of raw. Um, Almost. Well, I would say this was more industrial than that one. Yeah, that had yeah. like the hints of it. I think. Yeah, they had like more sampling, but this one's more kind of like atmospheric. They don't really use too much of the. Uh, like programming or, or samples and stuff, but it's more like it's just metallic hardcore. It's like, and the singer's vocals are just so like harsh. Um, but the breakdowns are good, the riffs are good. There's like people will say there's a bit of new metal influence in it, like with, with Become a Machine, but um, you know, there's two tracks on the album. I, I did this in my review on Pure Grain Audio, and it's just they, they, they have kind of they don't stick to kind of like the traditional hardcore. There's um, industrial elements. Yeah. And it, it um, there's still kind of a hardcore band. There's still a heavy band. You go see them live. You listen to this album, you fucking like break your furniture. Or you yeah. want to go listen to while working out. But they, they know how to like break up the album with like a, a interlude kind of track that's like more atmospheric and, and not like heavy. But yeah, good album. Lyrically, it's just pissed off. It's... it's um, Good lyrical themes. They deal with a lot. Yeah, just harm's way, man. They're like also again one of my another you know one of my newer favorite hardcore bands, and it's a solid record. Uh, number three, going far away from hardcore as possible, is uh, 
Another new band I discovered this year, Don Broco's Technology. Um, just a f- super catchy hard rock album. Um, it's not like your traditional hard rock album. It's got kind of like the UK. Yeah, it's almost like post-hardcore influence, but not like typical. You know, yeah, maybe on like the nose a little. Your, not yeah. your like Rise Records, like post-hardcore, yeah. but like kind of just a different take on it. Yeah. Well, I, I found out they did release six singles before the album dropped, and I was like, it's like the kind of the first the first half of the album where it's all super catchy songs, but then I like the the second half. Um, it's just it's still catchy, but it's like more. There's more to it. Like um, there's a song Yen, the, the the Y symbol, and it's got like this weird like chorus of like these effects, and I, I guess it's a female vocalist, but you know, it's all songs about partying and drinking and. Or, you know, T-shirt song is, like, a perfect live song anthem, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Come Out to L.A. is, like, one of the catchiest songs I've heard this year. Like, yeah. I uh, got my girlfriend into it. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and, yeah, they're, like, a, they're, you know, seeing them at Warped Tour was pretty cool, too. Um, they just got, like, they didn't have a huge audience, but they got, like, the crowd riled up. Um, they toured with Mike Shinoda, too, which is good. So, um they definitely deserve like it's 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 refreshing take on kind of the hard rock genre where everyone says rock is dying, mainstream yeah. rock is dying. Yeah. If you think rock is dying, go listen to this album. It's it's got it's hard. It's you know it's not heavy, it's not heavy metal. It's not really metal, but it's got like a hard rock with an edge to it. You it's know? not bro rock. Yeah, it's not bro rock. <laughs> it's 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 party rock, but it's not like I I guess the UK element is it gives it this weird like exotic feel to it, yeah. but. Yeah. I think um, it's like they also don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Like they're having fun with it and like they're incorporating stuff that's just, It's like, a party kind of like, yeah. yeah, party band. Yeah. Um, yep, Don Broco, uh, technology. Number two, Parkway Drive, Reverence. So I hated, the, well, I didn't hate this album. I didn't get the album at first when I listened to it. Um, I heard the singles when they came out, uh, Wishing Well. I'm like, all right, this is kind of like a, you know, a uh, little. Glam Godish, you know, uh, with kind of Parkway Drive, and then I heard um, Void, which is kind of more of like a kind of like a traditional kind of like metal anthem, yeah, or traditional like it's like I don't know how to say it. It's Parkway Drive, but they've become more kind of like radio friendly, I guess. Yeah. But then I heard the whole album from start to finish, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of different, like. Every song is just... It's, it's definitely more mainstream. The production is really clean. and like, But the guitars just come out so... It doesn't feel overproduced. It just feels the right amount of kind of production. And it's just traditional Parkway Drive. Like They've grown. They've changed. They're not going to write the same you know, Horizons or their early stuff or anything in between. But they, you know, it's their sixth or seventh album right now. And I mean, as someone who doesn't really listen to Parkway Drive, I mean, just as a general point... It's ridiculous if fans expect their favorite band to keep on producing the yeah not not, not just the same type of sounding album but also the same quality. At some point, your your favorite band is going to put out an album that is either universally panned yeah. or one that just doesn't resonate with you. I mean, there isn't a, like there isn't a single band on the planet, I don't care who it is or artist, that has put out a band put out an album that hasn't either flopped or been panned or just, like, divided fans. I mean, so I feel like, especially amongst, like, metal fans, this is the biggest issue that I've always had. It's like, whenever you put out a new album, 
they want you to go one album back yeah, exactly. and redo what you did. And then when you go and do that, they say, oh, you guys are unoriginal. You're basically playing it safe. So I feel like, yeah. you know, there's no winning with fans at the end of the day. There's always going to be that one album that divides you. For sure. And, I, you know, I say, like, I say they, they try to be more mainstream, but I say that in, like, kind of the... Not mainstream, but it's like it's just leaning catchier. less heavier. It's catchier, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, there's been other bands in metalcore this year, from what I've heard, like um, Memphis May Fire, like or, or one of these one of these other metalcore bands have tried to go like kind of the radio rock route, and they failed so hard. But with Parkway, I feel like they did a good mix of staying true to themselves, but doing like an album that has like bangers, like heavy riffs. It's like it's almost like there's Iron Maiden riffs in that you can tell. It's kind of like you know that and then they're kind of melodies and they have these you know keys and stuff and just um um winston the vocalist he's got like his, his range is pretty pretty crazy and you know not just his like whether he screams or shouts but like the way he delivers there's like a shot the song shadow boxing is just like he's got these kind of like eminem-esque kind of like uh yeah. delivery in, in, the, in the verses um Absolute power is like almost like a Rage Against the Machine show, song, and then Prey is like a, just a, it's like a heavy men, metal anthem kind of like catchy metal song, you know. And, I, and yeah. I think a lot of people are saying like you know all these kind of big bands are kind of retiring or hang, putting up the ropes. So like a lot of bands like Parkway Drive uh, maybe looking to fill that void and and you know be the next big band. They've been upping the production on their tours and putting albums like this that feel like. Uh, kind of like arena or festival anthems. Doing a co-headlining tour with Killswitch, Kill yeah. Closing the night, yeah. Which I never expected. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean Adam, Adam, D, Adam D is the guy who produced their yeah. first two records. Yeah. You know, as a Killswitch fan, I was like sacrilege, but like that makes sense. It's, I mean, they've been uh, they're, around. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, those cities where they're closing, I'm sure they're taking into account like when Parkway's played there and Killswitch has played there. Who's who's bigger? More, yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's cool to see them blowing up like this, and you know, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a good album, and uh, it's my number two. Uh, fun fact: it was recorded in Ottawa. I just found out, uh, and their last album was recorded in Metalworks too, and and then in the same studio in Ottawa. So it's a, you know, number two album with a Canadian produced. All right, let's do a drum roll for you, number one. Number one. All right, number one is Veins, Arizona. So this is, um, I feel like uh, you either get this album or you don't. Yeah. Um, and for me to be putting it at number one is like a big deal, but it's just like, I don't know, man. I, I listen to this album from start to finish and it's, it's a chaotic, like, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's math core pretty much at its, it is core. It's a math, math metal kind of album, but there's elements of kind of new metal, um, you know, like Converge, I guess they're more kind of, um, you know, they are a math metal, well, yeah, there's Converge elements, there's hardcore elements, there's new metal elements, but it's just, you don't expect a, a, a math metal album where it's so unpredictable, but you know all the parts in your head, like, you know the riffs and all the, the pro crazy progressions, and it's just stuck in your head, and it's just so angry and pissed off, and, and it just flows so well. There are times where it's going from song to song, and I don't realize it. Like it just feels like one. Some so, some of the songs feel yeah. like so, like three songs feel like one, and it just flows so well. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's good. Like you know, um, 
after Dillinger kind of called it quits, I didn't think I'd find like a, a math metal band. I don't really dig into the math metal genre too much, mm-hmm. so, so that's, that's on you can, me. Like, take like kind of like have to pick and choose. You can't just like listen to it all because it kind of yeah. Like, you know, but this is a band that you know I guess like word was buzzing. I saw them in the harms yeah. way at the beginning of the year. So that kind of helped them. That's the thing. I know they're, I tried listening to the world of material and it didn't really grab me. Yeah. So for them to go from what they did before to Arizona is insane. Yeah. Um, uh, for a band to make such a big leap for where I, or like, okay, this has my attention. And I think, I think it's like under 30 minutes or like 30 Something minutes. Like that, yeah. So it just flies by and it's insane. Freaking, what's his name from Dream Theater? The, the old drummer like, said, uh, yeah, he said this uh, is like, Slayer's raining blood for like this generation. I think that's a little much, but it's definitely like technically yeah. impressive. Musically, it's just emotion. Musically and emotionally, it's just powerful, and um, you know, it gives me hope that like someone can kind of carry on like Dillinger's legacy, yeah. uh, be that band of Dillinger. And they're already getting all these huge tour offers. They're touring with Thursday, I believe. And Thursday is still around. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't quote me on if they're doing. I know they're doing like. A lot of different tours. We, we they got on the Deftones uh, festival in in um, the, the, in California. Deftones did like a curated festival, and Bane was one of the bands on that. Um, and then now they're on that Killswitch Engage uh, Parkway Drive tour, which is huge. Are so. they on it the entire tour? Or just yeah, the select dates? there's select dates where it's like no openers yeah. or Parkway only, Killswitch only. But yeah. like you know the Niagara Falls date and most of the dates that are tours um, where, where it's just the tour uh, they're opening it so um, it's going to be huge for them and yeah me and Arizona that's my album of the year it's just a groundbreaking kind of album for me and that's enough for me um, Waz do you want to go next? Uh, yes let me get my list out alright start <laughs> off number 5 Smashing Pumpkins Shiny and Oh So Bright LP Volume 1 the album title is super long, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on forgetting it. Uh, so I started listening to Smashing Pumpkins very late in life. I, so I can't say that I've been a fan since the beginning, and that would make sense because what nine when they were in their prime. So back then, you know, it was strictly what was on the radio and random stuff that my parents would buy me, but. Um, with this album, they kind of reformed the original lineup from the 90s, uh, with the exception of Darcy, their bass player. So Billy Corgan's still... Billy Corgan has been... Has he's been, been the mainstay. He's been the mainstay. Okay. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Billy Corgan is Smashing Pumpkins. He's the main creative voice in the band. He's the, 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 he's the face, the, the name that people most associate with the band. Um, so he has been the sole member of the Um as far as this album goes, it's perhaps not as epic or grandiose as some of their previous albums, but I think it still kind of hits the mark. It's very catchy. I think what they do really well is finding that middle ground between rock and pop and with a little bit of cheese on top. You know you know how song, some songs are a little cheesy? Like, this isn't full-blown, like, you know, freaking... I have a tiger cheese. This is more like, oh, this is cheesy, but in a good way. Like, so a good good example of that is the, the, the lead single, Ghosts, uh, which is really, it's, it's pretty much on par with some of their other singles like um, Tonight Tonight or 
1979. Some of the more kind of more mellower, poppier tracks by them. Um, other songs like Travels are also indicative. But, but the one song um, that I absolutely love is Solara, which is just kind of like low, bottom-heavy kind of rocker mm-hmm. by them. Um, I think one of my issues with the album is that there weren't enough heavier, kind of gnarlier songs than, than I would have liked. But they still do that pretty well. And, I mean, people expecting them to put out another Melancholia is just ridiculous. I know this. I wouldn't say the reviews have been pretty good. They haven't been amazing, but they certainly haven't been overly negative. And I know a lot of fans. I love the music in the background. (laughs) I know a lot of fans uh, were kind of like it, whatever. But I still think it's a great, great release for the uh, for the band. And who knows? I mean, now that they're a fully formed band again and they're touring again, I saw them this year and they were awesome. Sold out the Scotiabank Arena. Oh, they were sick. Um, and Billy Corgan also, he's a huge Rush fan, and I remember at the show, he's like, in our world, you either like Rush, or you don't. If you like Rush, then cool, and if you don't, fuck you. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that, that will always stick for me. Uh, but yeah, that's my number five. And number four, we talked about this uh, album uh, in a previous uh, episode, uh, so all that remains, Victim of the New Disease. So... I have to say it's not a lot of people saying they're going back to the roots. I think there are elements of their older kind of raw sound mixed in with some of the nicer elements of the more kind of commercial sound. I definitely agree with that. Um, is it a return to form? No, but I would I feel like this is a nice balance between the two. And I feel like a lot of the like the one thing that surprised me the most and the one thing I appreciated the most is how good of a singer Phil is. Like, the fact that he could just do that, like, last scream at the end of Fuck Love. Yeah. I, there's a part of me who wondered, like, was this their kind of, um, the kind of way of saying, yeah, we could still do that. Mm-hmm. We just didn't want to for all these reasons. So I feel like there's a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say, are they trying to prove, them, prove to their fans that they still got it to a certain extent? But they do it well without trying too hard. Um, you know. I know Phil said in interviews that he's always wanted to be, um, like, ahead of the, the curve for, like, what fans expect. Yeah. So it's like, well, you thought, you know, our last two albums were this. You thought we were going to do another one? Well, here's, you know, screw yeah. you guys. Here's, like, a, new, a heavy album. Or- and I feel like, you know, we've, we've all been in bands. I mean, obviously, not, not to that extent. But, like, after a while, you do burn yourself out. Mm. playing the same thing over and over again and you want to try something different so maybe they went through a phase where they were trying things differently mm. musically speaking mm-hmm. and they felt like okay now's a good time to go back to where we started to kind of rediscover what got us into what made us form this band in the first mm. place so I mean everything from like you know there's songs like Fuck Love and Blood I Spill Wasteland I think the one song that really surprised me the most was Alone in the Mm. which is kind of like a kind of I want to say mellow but dark acoustic song of theirs and I definitely want to see that live because it's all sung but it's just it's not poppy or anything it's just a really dark ballad mm. um, with some really good lyrics so I'm interested to see if they can pull it out live um, and then there are so certain other songs which are kind of cheesy but like 
I like uh, Everything's Wrong. Everything's Wrong. It's like such a catchy song. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, it reminds me of like the fall, uh, not, uh, reminds me of Overcome, kind of like, yeah, a bit of the. And the thing is, like, it's heavy. That's the thing. Yeah. And hopefully, what's the name of the producer? Uh, DL from. God bless him. God bless him. That was, that was the one thing that struck me the most. It's like, wow, this album, sonically, sounds ridiculously tight. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's, it's not too polished. And it's not too raw, like black metal mm. raw, where you know, you get to, like, yeah. everything, you know, everything is clear. Everything sounds the way it should be. Mm. Um, and hell, you know what? Just tell me something, which is their song with the singer from Asking Alexandria. When I first listened to it, I hated it, and then after a while, it just kind of, it just kind of stuck with me. Mm. And it's, it's weird. It's kind of like a pop, rock, metal, little bit of country kind of fused mm. in. It's super catchy, and uh, the title track, Victim of the New Disease, which probably is a dig at liberals. <laughs> <laughs> probably is. Probably. We can assume it is, but Damn the it's, it's definitely more like fist-pounding kind of, and kind of pro-rock-ish. Mm. I mean, but I suppose, you know, a band that... Given the, the direction the, they've already the, taken, like, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's done well. It kind of, it's got that kind of, like, 90s kind of groove like kind of yeah. like slamming kind of riffs and drums and everything really simple um so yeah that this is the first album from them since they're like since overcome that i've actually listened to and i enjoy yeah so like you know are they're never gonna go back to like their older no. sound but i like you said i feel like it takes elements of everything that they the good elements of everything they've done so far yeah. and like say this is who we are now we're capable of everything so yeah. so that would be my number four album. So number three, something completely different. Uh, Young Sinatra 4 by Logic. Uh, so the first album by Logic I listened to was Everybody, which is an album I put out last year. So most people know it for the song that 1-800 is basically the suicide, suicide hotline. Yeah. And um, I've always kind of admired his, his approach to lyrics, to production, Everything is really tight. He keeps a close-knit crew, so everything sounds consistent. I think this album, for me, kind of edges out everybody because, one, there aren't as many kind of interludes or skits like you had on everybody. And like he says on the opening track, he goes back to kind of boom gap of raps of that kind of 90s kind of, you know, really kind of raw production. Not super raw on this album, but... I mean, the songs are really tight. The attack on his attack and his aggression is there. He takes a dig at a lot of mumble rappers, which is which I which I can always applaud um, as somebody who grew up as a child of the '90s. And the I mean, there are some a lot of standout tracks, um, and they kind of carry over that same theme of everybody, where they focus on like where they focus on mental health and. Auto lyrics, you don't really get this a lot with a lot of hip hop these days. It's inspiring. Um, but the, the, this one major standout track for me is Wu Tang Forever. One track Ooh. I've heard of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where he has every living member of the Wu Tang clan on that song. Oh, wow. And it sounds like a Wu Tang song. Holy crap. Everything from the production to the flow to the attack. I mean, it's I'm not a fan there. of him, but like I'll give him that. Like he did a like, good job. I did. I did not expect that. I figured it would just be like like a tribute two or track three or, or oh, tribute track. But yeah. like no, like every existing member. He went the full mile. He went the yeah. full mile. He got that, and the fa- and you could tell that 
know, to paraphrase, he's a true student of the game. Mm. Because he tailored that track to the group. Yeah. Um, and, like, they could have easily, like, I feel like if they were to release a new album, they could put that on their album. Because it, it to me, is like, even though he released it on Young Sinatra 4, it really is a Wu-Tang, a Wu-Tang song with logic leading it to a certain extent. So that was my number three. Number two, band that I'm seeing next year. I think all three of us are seeing. Yeah, we all make it. Yeah. Um, Stranger Things by Zeal and Arter. I come, I, you know, I, I still think about the way I came across this. That this band was just browsing YouTube, went on to one of their songs. And I was instantly hooked. Black metal meets gospel. You never thought of those two things could combine, but. A lot of it is really catchy. I mean, the melodic parts are done really well. The kind of grimier, heavier, black metal mm. parts are also done pretty well. And um, there's something eerie about the music. Like, there are moments on the album where that will actually twist your spine a little bit. And just to remind everyone of what the concept was, basically... I don't know if it's you could call this a concept album, but there's like an underlying concept within the band, which was, okay, what would happen if black slaves in, the Amer- in America had embraced Satanism instead of Christianity to liberate themselves? So they stay consistent with that, and they're all those kind of gospel-esque chants mixed in with these like shredding guitars and high-pitched, screeching black metal vocals. Um, so I would highly recommend everyone listen to that. It would have been my number one had it not been for the album I'm about to mention, but like, yeah, Stranger Things by Zeal and Arter, number two album over here for me. And my number one, uh, I think I might get some flack from this, for, maybe not from my co-host, but like from other people, Kamikaze by Eminem. Um, I wasn't, a, I don't think most people cared for um, Revival. I didn't. But when he dropped this, it completely took me for surprise. Surprise album. And so it was a surprise <laughs> album. Like, my friend sent me the link on Spotify. I'm like, what is this? And he's like, it's a new Eminem album. And I went into it thinking, okay, it's probably not going to be that good. And I was completely floored. From from the start of the opening track, The Ringer, he does not hold back. A lot of people are saying he's just ranting. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll take Eminem ranting. Mm. <laughs> over. I hated. The, I hated the whole. I hate. Like you know, I didn't listen to it, but just everyone's like, "Oh, he's a bitter old man," or like you know, it took the Simpsons meme. Old man yells like cloud. You know, that's, I'm like, that's pretty much how I feel. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. I feel the same way. I don't but know. I would also say that a lot of what he said resonated with me as somebody who leans a little more towards kind of the old hip hop. I do feel like at his. Eminem at his worst put out by another album, people would love. And to a certain extent, I think M has carved. I mean, he will go down as one of the greats. Like we discussed before, everyone puts out a crap album mm-hmm. once in a while. So I feel like with him, I personally think it's slightly unfair because how many other artists have put out albums that have never matched the same kind of appeal as their first few albums? Yeah. Like, can, can anyone honestly tell me that they love the massacre as much as they love Get Rich or Die Trying? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, to this day, a lot of people still say Nas only put out one good album. 
dogmatic, which I will dispute. Which I will dispute. I mean, we just put out a good one this year. <laughs> which was completely slept on. Which yeah. was completely slept on. Because, unfortunately, because of the... I feel like a lot of the abuse allegations, unfortunately, mm, from yeah. people that want to bump down. But I think, lyrically, production-wise, is it probably his best. Is it the Eminem show? No. Is it Marshall Mathers LP? No. Is it Recovery, which I thought was a great album? No. But... There are some... I mean, this is the first album of his that he's released that's got me laughing at at certain points, which you kind of like. And again, I feel like he's in that odd position where people are criticizing him for kind of going back to what he used to do and then also criticizing him for doing something new. Uh, Is it an old man ranting? Yes, it could be. But, like, as, as somebody who works with people who are, like, ridiculously young, so, like, one of my colleagues is 23... He's part of that whole kind of mumble rap generation, which I just don't understand at all. So he'll, we, we have this discussion all the time. He's like, oh, man, Eminem sucks. Like, well, I was like, who do you listen to? Lil Pump. <laughs> I'm just like, all right. <laughs> so, I think it's just, it's just this whole new generation. It's just they... they Lil Sam. Yeah. Something they, they think it's like that... What they de- define as rap, but for me, it's always going to be like kind of the people who follow the thing, the the traditional and the old school way. Yeah. It's definitely one of the most, like, you know, it's your number one, and it, I think it's one of the most controversial albums of the oh, year. Absolutely. It and caused he, so much, like... And he was smart this time around, because what he did was, he, when the album had released, he released this poster, which is basically all the negative reviews of Kevin yeah. Kelsey. Or his last album, and, Revival. Oh, Re- Revival, too, yeah. but he also, I think he posted one with, like, well, I, I can't remember. Yeah. But that's what he's known for, taking a negative and, mm. like, spinning it back at people. Like, yeah. then, like at the end of 8 Mile with the freestyle, where he just, like, basically just reiterates everything they're about to say about them. Yeah, because no one can say anything about it. Yeah, him, exactly. Though. So, yeah. Um, and Normal, which is a great listen because, you know, I'm single. So... <laughs> <laughs> But listen to that. Mm. Uh, sorry, sorry, he's happily in a relationship. So I, can't, I can't relate. I can't relate. You know, sorry, he's not going to be putting on Kim later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good top five, man. Definitely a good mix. You got anything to say? I'll say two, two of my points about the album. One, I think it would have made a big difference if he had said, like, look, I know Revival was bad. Yeah. But he didn't. He stuck by his, like, I know this was good. And, like, I feel like that was, like, like a miss for me, like. It's it's very clearly not a good album. No, and for him to stand by it, like yeah, like he's got to do it. But like if he had just like kind of distanced himself from it, like I think that would have been like admirable. And then also I feel like he's kind of out of touch. Like he's there's not really much room for him to be like it's it's a different generation. Like you can't keep up the same like you know what's the word just like edgy like you know there's a couple of years ago where he made some like there's some line in the freestyle about like choking out like Lana Del Rey and it's just like why why like is that necessary like like I get it's your thing but I don't know and he's been like really I felt not hypocritical but like I think if you think back to like his first albums like can you imagine doing a song with Britney Spears or like Christina Aguilera like you know but like here he is doing a song with like Rihanna and Beyonce and stuff like that and I feel like it's just like who like I don't know, it's not, it doesn't feel like him, it doesn't feel genuine, so that's just, I think that's my, like, my, like, you know, um, 
least educated take, I guess. Well, I, I don't listen to him that much, but, like, those songs with Rihanna and stuff, I still feel like it's still, you know, him. Like, it's still he him. still brings the fury yeah. and the heavy, like, not heaviness, but, you know, like, the... the I He's got that fire, you I know? I also think you have to think back to that time as well. Yeah. Because, like, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, I don't think it was anything to do with the Probably fact, the labels. I think it was more so to do with the fact that that's what all people listened to at that time. Yeah. So for him to come out at that time and just be like, fuck all of this. And yeah, he probably did it for the controversy, but I don't think he ever stipulated or said that I'm not going to work with anybody who sings. No, it's just that. Because, like, I mean, look at the same year. He did the, He did that, that same year. He released Marshall Mathers. He did, um, perform with Dido on Sam, right? Yeah. I mean, he did perform with Sam with John. So I, I don't think, think he's ever been opposed to working with artists who are popular. I mean, he's working with Pink. He's working with John. He's yeah, I see. I, I, that's, like, another thing. Pink, like, to me, is just like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't really fit for me, but it's mm. just me. I think uh, ultimately, you know, it is all, it is, and uh, you know, music is kind of entertainment too, so I think he's just, I think more than anything, he's, you know, he probably means what he says about, like, you know, uh, the people he targets, but I think also a part of him, it's, it's kind of the shock rock aspect to him, you oh, know? Absolutely. He's just doing this for entertainment, like, does he, if he sees these people in person, will he, like, you know, hit them, or, like, tell them, fuck you, I'm not gonna talk to you? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, but I think, you know... That's always been who he is. It's just, you know, he says things for Shaw, and he'll go, he will, he like... Says, he says it all lines, like, you want a shady, you got it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I feel like... People, That's his alter ego, you know, yeah, he's kind people of... People his... should be careful what they wish for, and I feel like a lot of people who were name-dropped on an album didn't expect to be name-dropped. I think the only person who came back at it was Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. But Machine Gun Kelly probably just had the best five months of his career. <laughs> opening for Fallout Boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, we can all agree that Like Revival is a polarizing album because mm. at the same time, like you like we've had a completely different points of view both time. And I think that's what makes it interesting because mm. not everyone is gonna be on board. Yeah. Everyone has an opinion on it. Yeah, well I don't, but I should listen to it maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get on some of these albums when I before the year ends and, and give them a listen. Um alright, we're gonna close down with Leon's top five. Yeah, alright, so number five, I've got a collective not collective a duo here called city morgue uh it's two rappers one goes by the name of zilakami and the <laughs> other one is sosmula sosmula i don't know how you say it but basically um yeah they're pretty recent there's a new genre that's kind of spawned called trap metal and the idea is like really edgy rap with like metals like samples and stuff like that oh, okay. and for a long time I did not like anyone. There's some people who do kind of like Memphis rap, like Three Six Mafia influence stuff, and it just didn't sit well. Yeah. And then there's the other half where like screaming over like rap, and it just sounds like Broken Side to me. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I could not get over that. But you've got these two guys who are just like Zilakami sounds like he could be, he could be in a hardcore band. Like he's got the voice for it. It doesn't. It sounds right. Sosmila is kind of more traditional rap, but you've got these songs. So it's called Hell or High Water, Volume 1. Um, and so it's, I think, a 12-track or so album. They're all pretty short. They're all concise songs. They don't overstay their welcome. They're all, like, catchy. Yeah. Um, there's some tracks with, like, not actual guitars, but, like, sample guitars that, like, I was, when we were thinking about throwing out, like, a, like a recommendation, not a recommendation, but, like, a reaction kind of thing, like, I was going to send you kind of some of these songs because they start off, like, you know, guitar, like, drums and stuff like that, and then it goes into, like, trap, like, beats and stuff like that. So I was 
interested in hearing your opinions. But uh, yeah, it, it, they're the first band, and like I started branching out to a couple like related bands um, because of this. But they're the first band in that genre to like actually sit well with me as someone who likes you know rap and heavy music. I think this is one like album that I got really right. I'm trying to think, there was another band that toured with Trash Talk. Death Grips. Death Grips is not. Is Death Grips is like Death Grips is like the Dillinger of rap. Basically. Oh, okay. They're like industrial and like. Yeah. So this would be less this chaotic, is, this is more, more focused. This is, kind of, yes, a lot oh. more focused, like trap, like you know, hi hats and like eight oh eight bases and stuff like <laughs> okay. that. Like, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's my number five. Number four is uh, the Parallels album Weaver. Um, disclaimer: I toured with this band before. I'm friends with every single guy. Was the band. <laughs> and this album, like obviously, like I liked their music before. It's yeah. all polished, all well written. Yeah. And like I wasn't expecting anything bad, but like this album is like perfect like you couldn't like ask me to fake this like they it's so well written it's their first full length they've written um i think like six or seven like individual songs before like one short ep and it's just i think their first release in like a few years i want to say like three or so years and they're signed to invoke records in the states um now and yeah it's just like i'm so proud i'm just so proud like this hearing this like it's well written it sounds great. Like I'm just so happy for them. Like it's just like so exciting. Like I imagine it must feel almost a little surreal because you've had that. You've had, you know them. Yeah. One, and then yeah. the fact that you tour with them and now that they're actors. Yeah, we know yeah, this with, with some of our friends in Dubai. Yeah. Like even though I didn't know them, but like with asking Alexander. I remember we yeah, played I'm, with him to free yeah, yeah. And Ben was in the band. He was a super cool guy. Yeah. So for stuff to see him like become successful, he was yeah. like, that's good. Good for him. It's always so good to see uh, oh. but then it's another thing for them to be in your top ten. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to like, love this, the, yeah, this, this album this album came out like I think the end of November too. Like, yeah. like and first listen, I'm like, yeah, this is like top like it's so like because a lot of metal like for the past few years hasn't really caught on with me. Like I don't seek out a lot of new bands just because Nothing really catches me, and like I guess it's another example of like you know it's a band I already knew, mm-hmm. but like yeah, it's just like first listen, I'm like this is perfect. Like no. they they kind of kind of didn't change their sound up much. Um, they brought on a new drummer who does clean vocals. So three of them do vocals. There's the main vocalist, the one guitarist does like kind of uh, screamy like high pitched screams, and then they got their clean singing drummer. Um, they kind of. From their older stuff, I felt like they carried on the spirit of the structures. They really got that, like, a little bit, like, chaotic, um, uh, disjointed, like, song structure and stuff. Um, this one's a bit more melodic. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know, like, I'm just so proud of that. Like, it feels so good, like, to hear this album. Like, I can't, like, knock a single thing for it, so. Uh, number three um, is Era Neon. Yeah. And this is a testament to why I wait to see bands live. I saw this band two years ago. They did nothing for me. Uh, I just felt like it was verse, chorus, verse, chorus, clean singing in the chorus, you know, harsh vocals without, like, in the verses. And it did nothing for me. And it wasn't until seeing them at Summer Slaughter, like, up, like, right up front of the stage, and, like, seeing the energy, like, feeling the energy come off, like, I got that. Yeah. And so, like, this totally changed my opinion on them. And, like, I went to look back. I'm like, well, did they have a different lineup? Because I know, you know, the vocalist changed. 
but it's the same one from back then. Like this, this was when they were touring off Drift, I guess. Mm. Um, this was with Tesseract and Contortionist and Sky Harbor. Mm. But yeah, like just totally like 180. Like I just dug the band and like. Because you didn't I, like Drift that much. I I don't even think I listened to Drift. Okay. I just like I saw them live and I'm like, this does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. It was just really it just seemed formulaic and like this album isn't different, but it like resonated. Mm-hmm. Like just just the live like. Like I can picture, go back to like that moment and like when you, you know, discovered them, yeah, yeah, yeah. just like getting that like, like their vocalist is like a beast. Like, yeah, just, like, JT is, is crazy, and then um, uh, Jesse Cash, the guitarist, who does all the cleans. You know, I never think I would I would like those kind of high cleans that he yeah, does, but yeah. he does them so well and they're so catchy, <laughs> and just um, you know, the music is just kind of like it's metalcore, but there's like all these progressive. It's it's not too progressive, not too out there, but you know, they keep it interesting. Um, you know, I said this when they were doing the tour with uh, After the Burial um, this year, and they're kind of like that Sumerian core band that, you know, 10 years ago used to be Vail Maya and After the Burial, all these, you know, they're kind of that new band for Sumerian where they're kind of pushing the boundaries for prog, met- like metalcore slash prog. Yeah. And, and um, I like, like, Neon was on my list, it wasn't that high, but I really enjoyed the album. And, and, you know, it's, it was really good. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, like a toss up too because I hadn't really listened to it for a while, but I went back and listened to it and like just like I might not like the, I, I probably don't think of it as number three on my list, but like of like the year, but like ranking everything like that's just kind of where it fell in yeah. place. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least number two, which is Vince Staples with FM nice. with an exclamation mark. Um, I feel like I'm like a Jehovah's Witness because anytime anyone like like mentions their albums of the year, I'm like, have you heard FM? <laughs> like, I, like first listen, it starts off the kind of concept behind it is like it's like it's 20 minutes long, like it's I think it's 10 songs, so you could call it an EP if you wanted to or whatever. But it's it's basically like structured around like 20 minutes of radio. So you got like radio hosts from I believe a real radio station in California. Um, and it's just you know each song like leads into the other with like introductions and stuff like that there's like a skit where it's like a radio show they're like they got a caller on the line and like they're asking him like a question uh, they're like name five famous people who start with the letter V yeah. and like he struggles to like name any of them um, and that's like a 50 second skit and that's like the only skit in the album but it's just like like Back to City Morgue each song is concise it doesn't overstay it's welcome it, it all delivers something different I think what was, I really like this because uh, 21 Savage just did this. He put on the album, didn't list any of the features. And so you're listening to it as it happens. I'm like, oh man, is that like that rapper? Yeah. And like, wow. like. And so it's, yeah, I've listened like the day it came out. I think I listened to it like over and over and over because it's 20 minutes. It's like over and over. And like easily became like, I just went through La- uh, Last FM. And I think it's my second played album this year. And I think it came out like October maybe. Because um, it's just like it's twenty minutes and it's like over and I'm like all right I'll start again. Yeah, Staples is an interesting one because like I actually need to sit down and listen to the album because I listened to the previous album and even though I don't know it from back to back, I really do like the fact that from like a lyrical perspective and also from a production perspective, he's doing things differently. I also think he's not afraid to run into controversy. I think there was an interview he did this year where he said 
90s rap is overrated or something like that. And I was just like, damn. Like, that's like the holy grail for like, I feel like 90s rap is like the holy grail for a lot of hip-hop hits. So, I think that's more of his, his sense of humor. He jokes around a lot. Like, he's not afraid to like, joke around. And he just, that's kind of his sense of humor. But like, I was at Bag Bank. Bag Bank, Bank but that's, that's like a workout song for me. Like, yeah. At that point, but that song, and then he did a, he, he was featured on the Black Panther soundtrack, yeah. which was also yeah. some an honorable song. The song was in the in the movie as well, which was which was yeah. also for me was also one of the best on the soundtrack. Yeah, so let me think. I think he was in. So he was in the Spider Verse soundtrack. He wasn't in the movie, but he was on the soundtrack. He was on the Black Panther soundtrack, and I want to say he was on another movie soundtrack this year. Like it's pretty big, or in a trailer. I think one of his songs was in a trailer. Well, they definitely year. played him in the. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I first found yeah. Is it the car chase scene? Yeah, the car yeah, chase scene. Oh, okay. yeah. His uh, ops with... Uh, so he's, he's definitely an interesting one, so I feel like yeah. he's one to watch out for. I feel like he's one of the more... I don't want to say underrated, but I want to say like there's not... A, there, there are probably not enough people. Like I feel like a lot of people tend to gravitate a little more towards Kevin Lamar, J. Cole, but I feel like he's one of those rappers who's starting to get bigger and bigger, and I feel like he's going to become a, a far more... He's going to. He's eventually going to become a household man. I mean, he already was a couple of years ago when there's the controversy of uh, there's some mom who like found the lyrics and was like crying because like <laughs> she's like because he's ta- he's from like you know he has like a like a gang like background he yeah. talks about it all the time and so to like talk about like these crimes and stuff like that and, like there's this mom who reads it out and she's crying like reading out these lyrics like so that that was kind of popular a couple of years ago but um, his I don't know his lyrics. I like I've I've known him before. Like I listened to Summertime '06. I want to say is the album title. Is a double album a couple years ago, and like I liked it. It wasn't like super high, like I on my list, but whatever that year. And then Big Fish Theory is the album after that. I didn't listen to until like after listening to this one because I put it on the EP that kind of didn't do anything for me. Um, but lyrically on this album, like lyrically, it's kind of the same thing he always does. But his flow is just like you're listening to it it's just like all these like internal rhymes it's just like it's so smooth like you can just listen to it and like sing anything like that's how I feel about that one stop the he does a little bit of that but it's, it's just like he's it, got this unique voice and it's just like I don't know it's like butter like, I don't know how to describe it he accentuates everything which I like he's got a really unique voice yeah. um, and then brings me to number one also mentioned before is Janelle Monae, nice. Dirty Computer. Um, like I said, I saw her live a couple of years ago. I caught a free concert at Nathan Phillips Square downtown. And I listened to a couple songs before. Like, I liked her stuff. And then just to see her, like, perform and, like, just, like, the energy she gave off, like, just, like, stuck with me. And so she put out this album this year. I believe, I believe it's connected, but all her other albums before are concept albums and it's all it tells a story yeah. i believe this one's like roughly connected like it might be like the origin of whatever but it's it it's really political um this is not afraid like back then i remember or like that it was like 2016 i believe when i saw her and this was when the whole like black lives matter thing kind of took off and she like during one of the songs she's like like i want you to jump so hard that like they feel you down in the states or something like that um, my favorite line is like <laughs> We're gonna have a pussy riot. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, we're gonna put everyone on a pussy diet. Yeah. Which I yeah. Love. That was on Django Jane. Django Jane. Yo, um, I gotta say, like, there are not a lot of. I feel like a lot of artists speak about these issues outside. Yeah. But she's one of the few artists 
who's able to kind of blend that into your music because there are moments where the song is so catchy and then she's talking about all these issues and you're just like, whoa, I think that's actually pretty genius because you managed to make a song catchy and the song that resonates with you and still managed to make the lyrics impactful and important and relevant to what's happening. I think I, I, I'm interested to hear what your favorite song is off of the entire album. It's hard, but yeah. for me, it's Don't Judge Me. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, really like that. Um, yeah, it's just like, like I think you mentioned before, it's really varied too. Like, you've got like Prince sounding songs, you've got like electro pop. There's a track with Pharrell Williams that's got like an African, like Afrobeat kind of vibe to it. Um, there's like Django Jane, which is like her like rap, like alter ego, like bravado, like you know, like ragging kind of uh, track. Um, she has a big live she? Like, she does. She plays with a, like a full band, which is nice. Like yeah. for like, you know, yeah, it was just a really cool experience. So you saw Nathan Fosker, is, is it like Toronto-based or Canadian? No, or? no, no. It was, um, this was when the, uh, what do you call it, the Pan, Pan Am games? Oh, okay, okay. They were so doing like a bunch of shows. So I saw, um, I guess it was 2015, so I saw her in the span of one week. I saw her. I saw the roots, and I saw explosions in the sky, which is pretty oh wow. Um, but yeah, don't yeah. I think "Don't Judge Me" is my favorite song. Like, there's like listening to it at the time. Like, there's a part where she says, uh, "Even though you tell me you love me, I'm afraid that you love my disguise." Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's yeah. like so simple, but it's like I'm like oh wow. Too real. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting because there's some songs that like. Super poppy, and then yeah. they go to funky, and then there's hip hop, and then yeah. there's reggaeton, and everything. So I love, like we we discussed this before. There, there are elements of that that I think old school pop production values yeah. are there, which make the song good. And I feel like this album brings that back, and I feel like a lot of artists like her, like I feel like she's not afraid to mix things up, and I absolutely want to see her live. Like after listening to this album. My, 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 I would like to see her do like a, a co-headlining with like Bruno Mars. And then that would be insane. That's just how it <laughs> And then, uh, actually, I totally forgot about this one. There's even like sense of humor, too. There's yeah. the last track, Americans, yeah. where she kind of like, it's like tongue-in-cheek. It's like it's talking about generic, like, you know, traditional American values. It's like, I like my women in the kitchen. Like, yeah. all this stuff, like, I pledge allegiance to the flag. It's kind of like, you know, it's about poking fun at like the general American like, Mindset stuff, and yeah. especially for kind of a black, black experience, right? Like you know, you've treated us a certain way for not even years. We're talking decades at this point, and you still expect us to salute the flag. So I feel like that was almost like a, I wouldn't say a dig, but almost like a nod to Colin Kaepernick and yeah. the kind of controversy that he found himself in the world and when he decided to kneel instead of standing for the anthem. So I think it's a it's a great timely topical album for the time. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Like, all in all, like, overall, I just appreciated how, like, politically charged it was and how, like, sexually charged yeah. and, like, like, aware it was of, like, everything. Like, Let's every screwed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Screw us, we'll screw you right back. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, that's why it's my top album. It just, it hit every mark. It's cool. Like, we share, all three of us kind of shared, um, you know, common albums on the list, but it's also so different. Yeah. So I really like, I'm, I'm stoked to kind of like check out, uh, we'll, we'll have the list in like, um, you know, the footnotes or something of this, uh, of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely, you know, I want, I want to check out some of your guys' albums and, 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 uh, you know, 
maybe I can, before the year ends, get hooked on them. Uh, maybe we just want to end with, um, I would say, like, our favorite um, concert of the year, I guess. Like, our number one concert of the year. And, um, um, yeah, let's just start with that. Uh, I, I will say, right off the top of my head, I haven't had too many to think, and I go to so many. But just what stuck out to me the most, it was Warp Tour this year. Yeah. Um, you know, a good mix of bands. Um you know, for whatever you listen to and kind of like the rock, metal, punk, you know, uh, scenes, there's just so many good bands. And just, you know, I got to hang out with friends all day and, uh, you know, being the final year and it came to Toronto, it was cool. I got to see so many people. They had a lot of good local bands playing. Um, you know, I had a blast seeing um, bands like Kublai Khan, um, Harm's Way, again, one of, you know, top 10 bands of the year. Um, um, Unearth, uh, D's Nuts, love that band. Yeah, uh, a good mix of bands, you know. And um, I always go and I just stick to kind of my corner. But you know, it sucks that I I won't have that festival where I can go and and, and go off to like a main stage or a side stage. And and you know, like that's where I became a fan of Don Broco this year because I w- I would never have listened to them ever, and I got to see them live, and it, they just made me a fan and ended up on my number two this year. So. Uh, you know, they are keeping the festival. There is three East Coast dates next year. I'm sure they're just going to be in the States, but hey, if it's good enough, maybe I might road trip for it or something. Um, Fawaz, what was your like? Well, the before, before yeah. you hand over me, what albums are you looking forward to next year? Oh, yeah, I was going to add that too. So I would say album or like my, so I would say like on a side note to that, like the band that I want, I, like the band that's going to be like to look out for in 2019. Yeah. This is kind of cheating because uh, Crystal Lake, um, this Japanese metalcore band that's insane. Yeah. So their album Helix kind of already came out in Japan. Yeah. I would have included it in my top list somewhere, but it's technically not out in the U.S. So until February, mm-hmm. um, they're gonna blow up next year. I just I know it. They've been around. They've they've had so many good albums. Um, they just never had like kind of the U.S. label or management and U.S. presence. But you know they've been doing festivals in Europe. They've been doing. Um, they're going to do this tour of the August Burns Red, uh, in January, February. Um, this band does it all, man. Like there's just, it's so eclectic in, in terms of the heavy music spectrum. Like, you know, they will have like a, a kind of new metal-y so- song. Yeah. Uh, they'll have like a deathcore kind of sound, a traditional metalcore sound, like a melodic, you know, kind of ghost inside kind of like they have influence. Like Sit Your Guns, I got a bit off their last album. Too. Yeah. They've got like elements from Sit Your Guns, Ghost Inside. Um, Slipknot, Whitechapel, Emure, uh, even like their new album. There's this one song where he's like channeling like David Draymond, you know, he's like doing these kind of like, oh, yes, <laughs> something like that, you know. Um, and then they, you know, there's some songs where it's like catchy or, or, or stuff. So, yeah. this man's definitely gonna blow up. Uh, Helix is just definitely like it's definitely, I know from now it's gonna be in my top 10 for next year. Um, yeah, and then Kill Switch Engage, new album, yeah. can't wait to hear that. Uh, new Knock Loose. I don't know how they're going to top uh, Laugh Tracks, but it's going to definitely be something to, to keep an eye on. And I think that's all I can think of right now. For, so I'd say those three bands. Uh, Fawaz, what was your concert of the year? So I admittedly didn't go to a lot of concerts this year. Um, most of my savings went towards my first electric guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so she's at home. Uh, asleep, yes, she's a she. 
that's going to sit well for some people. But, uh, yeah, so I did go to two shows, uh, and I think the, the best one was by far Smashing Pumpkins at the Scotiabank Arena. I, did, I went for free, which was also awesome, um, and it was a great time. Scotiabank, formerly known as ACC, it's not my favorite venue, but they sounded really good in there. Uh, so I definitely enjoy that. That would probably be my show of the year. As far as what I'm looking forward to next year, album-wise, new Kill Switch, new Mastodon, hopefully, yeah. new Mastodon, hopefully. Um, hopefully they tour here. Hopefully so they tour, yeah. Yeah. And don't, 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 don't have the... Don't, have don't do your, don't, everything but Toronto. Don't do everything but Toronto. And also, last year, our dilemma was... Kill Switch Kill or Switch Mastodon. Kill Switch and Mastodon were playing on the same day. So we had to make a choice. You know, I don't regret because that show, <laughs> that show was so chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was Anthrax, too. And, like. you know, like, a show at Rebel, I'm just kind of like, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rebel. So new, new Kill Switch, New Mastodon. I'm hoping New Killer Be Killed. I yeah. I that that's unlikely. Maybe a new Times of Grace. Again, unlikely mm. because they're releasing a new Kill Switch. But Adam and Jesse have said they have been working on a follow-up uh, to... Um, and I'm a broken man. As far as like what is uh, New Slipknot, they released a new single this year, which kind of kind of came out of nowhere. So I feel like we, we talked about this. There 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 might be lining up for like an Iowa anniversary tour, maybe. Yeah. So that'll be huge. I don't know if that means a new album is coming out, but that could be interesting. As far as what is unlikely to release next year, um, Guns and New Guns and Roses <laughs> album, Tool, good <laughs> new Tool. Tool. Uh-huh. New Metallica album, probably yeah, another eight years. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, those will be. And uh, I was going to wait till you announced it, but uh, I, I believe Leon's working on a little something. Yeah, and I am working on a little something as well. But like, you got like a little Yeah, I mean, I've got like, I mean, I've got so much material. Yeah, I've released like. I'm, a couple of years ago, I put out like five EPs in a year. Yeah. So, but now I'm taking my time doing more professional. Yeah. I've got one, probably one metal album, one pop punk, and then a couple like little EPs of like remixes and stuff like along the way. But uh, yeah, I've been like running ideas, like even up to today, like thinking of ideas, like maybe I'll play shows. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> and I'm working on some music with a friend of mine as well, with Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been working on some music for last year to year and a half so we're just like fine-tuning everything and hopefully probably record sometime yeah man i gotta get back in the game <laughs> yeah, what you doing sorry well, I guess what? i'm doing choreography in the shower um all right let's round it up with leon's favorite show of the year and and um like albums you're looking forward to next year yeah i think favorite show of the year has got to be summer slaughter yeah that was, that was um, a good time Lauren Osiris and Vale Meyer are two of my favorite bands, like just top bands. I haven't seen them in like close to 10 years. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's about nine years since I've seen either of them. And so there's a lot I missed out on, and like both of them just like still delivered. Um, seeing Era, like changing my opinion on Era was great too. Two of them married me. I don't know, it probably just like losing my energy between like Bill Yeah, and I, I timed out at, at yeah, when they got on. I think I like I kinda like went back and like it's kind of a 
like uh, the nature of their music now is like not as involved. Like it's not a band you're gonna be up at the front like like singing along and stuff yeah. like that. Washington. So it's a bit different. But then they did end with um, Southeast. Yeah, so yeah. they you know it, it, they wrap they kind of bring it back near the end there. I feel like their audience kind of has the same reaction to like an old pef audience where like the yeah. music is heavy but like it's super chill at the yeah. same time. <laughs> so, I went with you to that show yeah. and it was just fun. Yeah. I love. I'm glad we got to I, you know. I, I rarely go out of Toronto for shows, but going to Guelph was cool. And first time there, and we, you know, you got to show me that record shop. So the concert itself was fun, but just like kind of like the whole day spending with you and got to hang out. And, and my friend was touring with Entheos. Uh, Shout out to Michael Fallis. Um, um, yeah, he was touring with Entheos. Got to see him. Entheos was pretty cool. I didn't like the entire lineup, but as soon as Era got on, Era, Veil yeah. uh, yeah. My Born of Cyrus, just those three bands back to back was just insane. Yeah. And then, like, quick shout out to Emir. I haven't seen Emir in, like, like, all, like, over 10 years, and they're, like, were my favorite band, and, like, if I had to name my top bands, it'd probably still be at the top, so I think, like, seeing them is great. Like, it, they've got the best lineup right now that they ever have, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's great. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Albums looking forward to. Uh, Born of Osiris has two albums coming out oh, next yeah. year. Um, Periphery is supposed to have a new album coming out next year. Uh, Princess the Hero potentially next year. Uh, they've been in recording for a while. Um, did they do the whole Indiegogo for No, they did, I don't think they did that this time. I backed them the last time they did that. Yeah. I got a record out of it, which is pretty cool. My name's actually in the line there for, nice. like, oh, nice. for that specific edition, at least. So you could say you made that out. Now. Yeah. I helped make it out. Contributing factor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder, oh, man, there's one that I think I just had two. I forget. But uh, yeah, I think Crystal Lake is one, too. I, I'm holding off. Like, yeah, it's out. I'm, I'll wait for it to, yeah. to come out. Like, in North America. I think there's a one for three of us. Possibly new Gojira? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. We'll see. I need, I've, I kind of slept on that band, but I need to get back into like their the albums that they put since The Way of the Flesh. Magma wasn't bad, but I think after an album like Fall Savage, yeah. which was like super heavy and in your face, to go from that to Magma, I think for a lot of people it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. They're, and you know what? The thing I love about them is that they're super chill. Yeah. <laughs> they play all this heavy music and they're like, so we're gonna go build a cabin in the woods and yeah. live off the grid for. I don't really listen to metal music, and then but I make the heaviest, yeah. heavy sound of music on the planet. Them and Meshuggah, maybe Meshuggah, new Meshuggah. Yeah, who knows about Meshuggah? I mean, it's only been, I think it's been two years now yeah. since Meshuggah. I think they kind of like have a four-year almost four-year cycle. For yeah. New Chevelle, in case anybody was wondering, <laughs> I had no idea that band was still around. Mm, new hate breed, hopefully. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm stoked for the 25th anniversary tour, but yeah. Cool. That's uh, this is over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you stuck around till the end and, yeah. and dug into our top tens, thank yeah. you so much for listening. Is it uh, top ten? Sorry. Is it a top? Is, ten? is it a top ten? One, two, <laughs> five plus five. Well, and yeah, you know, this is we launched uh, to get a little sentimental and, and emotional here. We launched this podcast this year. We're looking to kind of like you know be more consistent and and. Um, kind of you know put more time and effort into this and you know let us know what you think uh you know top 10 and our podcast in general we'd love to hear feedback and um yeah you know we're looking to maybe get guests and stuff next year and 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 do more content so yeah (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah so (laughs) 
thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, see you next year, 2019, baby. Peace. Later. Yeah.